Hey guys, I'm AP. And I'm your girl, Black Mamba, and we are the hosts of The Hate Journals, a weekly comedy podcast. We know we aren't the only ones that get annoyed by the daily grind, and lately there's a lot to be annoyed about, and we get it. Join us each week as we roast and toast all the things that we love to hate. Nothing is off limits as we rant, rave, and laugh our way through our own experiences, current events, and so much more. So tune in weekly to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on our website at thehatejournals.com. That's right, guys. Let us help you get you through your week every week with The Hate Journals podcast. We hope you enjoy. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, I'm AP. And I'm your girl, Black Mamba. And we are the hosts of The Hate Journals, a weekly comedy podcast. We know we aren't the only ones that get annoyed by the daily grind. And lately, there's a lot to be annoyed about. And we get it. Join us each week as we roast and toast all the things that we love to hate. Nothing is off limits as we rant, rave, and laugh our way through our own experiences, current events, and so much more. So tune in weekly to listen to us wherever you get your podcasts or check us out on our website at thehatejournals.com. That's right, guys. Let us help you get you through your week every week with The Hate Journals podcast. We hope you enjoy. Bye. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. Just fair warning. The last two weeks in December, or last two weeks of this year, will be strictly wrestling shows. As of this recording, the only thing left on the docket, live action for comic books, or pretty much anything I can think of off the top of my head, is Wonder Woman 84. And that has to be in flux, because uh, as most states are, going back into shutdowns, I know people are fighting it, but... Um, I know I live in a most uh, in a state where we've been on, we've been on lockdown pretty much since March 14th. Like even when they up, even when they lifted restrictions, they didn't really lift them that much. Like a lot of people are still out of work and all that and all that type of stuff. So I can't imagine 
unless things go down with this pandemic, I just don't think they're going to, even though some theaters are open, you know, I just don't think, plus, I just don't think it's going to be that open to the point where it's going to be worth their while for doing Wonder Woman 84. Plus, on top of that, I was not excited about even seeing the movie, to be honest with you. Um, it's not because um, I think Gal Gadot is a bad Wonder Woman or anything. It's just not from, it's just, that movie is not meant for me, if that makes any sense. Uh, my core audience. Um, and so, just, I know it's for me, I know it's not for me. So, I was always going to wait for it to come on. Excuse me, for for it to come on, uh, no, streaming services or HBO Max or whatever. So I just so, so I decided to make the last two weeks of this year just strictly wrestling shows, because uh, as I said as of this recording, um, as of this recording, excuse me, um, we we have an announced date of January fifteenth for Wandavision. So um, I have a I have a review that's going to go up, and this is probably going to go up after that review. But um, I, I want to do two different shows like this. And I was going to put them on Sundays. But then I just kind of like looked at everything going on. And also, to be perfectly honest, my schedule is going to ramp back up in December. So I was like, you know what? Let me record this now. Because I recorded this in November. Um, something could change with one month left. I don't know. Um, but I feel confident in this to where I think nothing's going to beat these 10 out. Um, but what I'm talking about, if you see the title, we're going to start with the top 10 worst things about wrestling in 2020. Um, and this is all of wrestling, you know, even though the main things will be AEW and WWE because they never stopped actually recording or filming. Like I know New Japan went on a hiatus and ROH and as I record this MLW just came back or it's just coming back. Actually, this just, just came back. So... But you're gonna get mostly WWE and AEW. Can't help that. Sorry, guys. You know, but that's just what it is. That's who. That's who went through this entire pandemic this year. Um. But yeah. So let's get to it. Top ten words. Now, I, I as you guys know, if you guys have done my watch or even watch or listened to my shows, you guys will have to know by now. Even though I say them in a certain order, it's not exactly the order. I hate listing things because it constantly changes. You know, I think the only thing that doesn't change is, like, my top 10 hip-hop list. You know, like, it's... I want to say, if anything, the last time I changed that was, like, someone getting in and someone leaving. But, and, and that was... But even then, that was so long ago. It just, that just doesn't change. But see, with, with wrestling, my, my mind changes so much. I'm so opinionated on it, and... And, and especially when you get to, it's, it's cool to, when we see these documentaries and like we get the behind the scenes of it and I'm like, that's cool. But then being able to work behind the scenes and you see the air quotes magic, I'm doing air quotes, you guys can't see me doing air quotes. Um, it's just, it, it makes it even more special and makes me even more opinionated on it, if that makes sense. So, yeah, so I'm going to do this in a certain order, but it's not exactly the order. It's just these are the top 10 things for me about this year. And we'll try to keep this to under an hour. Some of these topics are going to be very short, but some of them might be a little lengthy. So bear with me. So we'll, we'll go with number one that I wrote. WWE's handling of the pandemic. So here's the thing. <laughs> what can we say about this? 
they completely messed this up. Um, we did get to see, like, the power of Vince McMahon and his connections. The fact that he was a, labeled essential. The WWE was labeled essential, while companies like GameStop, who were forcing their way to stay open, they were being threatened to lose their, their license for business license. You know, but you, you saw the power, but you also saw just the bundling of it all. You saw it go down to them losing a lot of their top stars. Uh, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns, the first to come to mind. And also at the same time, you saw them just have what I said. I think it was three different breakouts at the uh, performance center that happened. And, and then the thing that sent Roman Reigns home was when Miz came in sick, and he just could tell they weren't taking it seriously. Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens, Kevin Owens almost left because they weren't wearing masks. And Vince said, "What can I do to get you to stay?" You know, to me, it's like one of the situations where their whole entire handling of this pandemic it showed the ignorance. It showed uh, to me just because you have power in politics. Doesn't mean it's give good common sense. Um, to me, this was all just jacked up, and they still had some trials and tribulations as they just got. Uh, they, they, as I was recording, like two months ago, they had another breakout at the performance center. You know, so they they still have a lot to learn. Um, I will say the one positive thing is they did not bring any fans back, any real fans, like. They might have had friends and family in attendance, but it wasn't like real live screaming fans. So, yeah, that was the one thing that could take good from that. Otherwise, their entire handling of this pandemic has been horrible. We're gonna see, a, we're gonna hear a lot more about it. And to me, I'm gonna go right into my number ten thing that I wrote down was wrestlers not being safe during the pandemic. It wasn't all WWE's fault. It wasn't all AEW's fault. People have to take responsibility for their own actions. And if you listen to some of these wrestlers, some of these wrestlers would say, hey, some of these people are throwing parties. And and they're just and they're throwing parties during the pandemic. Then all of a sudden, most of the people get sick, but everyone's left off television now. And I do wonder if that, like, I wonder if that affects them, like, as far as, like, their pay or whatever. I don't think it would. But... It just shows that some people are really selfish. And and it, to me, it was like a college mentality. I remember seeing a video. Uh, it was Boulder of Colorado. It was a college. And this, this, this woman, this young lady, sends a video out says, I can't believe I just moved in here. It took me three days to move in here. And I'm around some selfish MFers. And she's videoing this huge house party three days into them moving on campus. Well, needless to say, they end up having a, a breakout of covid and then they all were immediately restricted to their rooms. And it was told that if they leave the room for anything besides to use the bathroom, they would be expelled. My God. Um, so, to me, that goes hand in hand with the handling of it. Because it's not just WWE's fault. Now, you as the individual have to take it upon yourself to be respectful and to say, all right, I got to take care of myself. But not just me, but the people now that are around me. You have to be mindful of that now because you guys are under the public eye because you guys are the only thing filming. 
And think about crazy this is people a lot of live productions just got back to filming or pushed it back to 2021. These guys went from film, even when they were taping shows, you're still taping two or three shows at a time. That you wrestling the same sweaty person, they might go take a shower or whatever and come back. That doesn't matter. Have you got have you ever worked out and then you go take a shower or whatever and then you dry yourself off, but you're still perspiring. So it's like you're still sweat. It's that disgusting feeling. Yeah, I remember watching a shoot interview with Val Venus one time and he was bringing it up. I was like, yeah, that is a terrible feeling. When like you when like you just you you're just you haven't fully cooled down yet. To where you're still perspiring, but you went right into the shower. There could be something like that. That's the reason why some people could. Hell, AJ Styles wrestled during almost the entire pandemic. He said he got COVID. Not surprising. You know, I remember Daniel Bryan before he had a second kid. You know, he would say, he said, hell, before I went back home to Arizona, I had to quarantine in the hotel for two weeks. Didn't go right back to filming. So it defeated the purpose of going home at all. Now you're just spending money on an airplane ticket. I, I don't know why. So, but they have ridiculous money, so it doesn't matter. But still, you know, some people's handlings of the uh, pandemic was terrible. So it's not just WWE. It's not just AEW. These wrestlers got to take their independent contractors, air quotes, I'm doing air quotes. Um, they got to take responsibility for themselves as well. Um, I wrote this down as number seven. Piped in crowd noise. I didn't have to deal with most of this because, as most of you know, I listen to wrestling on mute. But there's a few times, like during the Roman Reigns matches with Jey Uso, when I wanted to, you know, listen to <laughs> uh, the commentary and feel the full energy of the of, of the match. Boy, oh boy, you guys who listen to wrestling with the volume up, I feel so sorry for you because that is terrible. It was completely overdone, loud as bleep, and I it doesn't even sound genuine. When they have the holy shit chance or the boo, then they raise the boo. They, terrible, 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 terrible. Um, number five that I wrote down. What's the point of the draft again? You know, <laughs> two weeks, two, no, excuse me, a month after the draft, Drew McIntyre just shows up and just gives, and they pretty much just gave away the match for Survivor Series. We already knew the draft was a farce, similar to the independent contractor thing. But to me, I, I used to think it, I used to think it helped. To me, I still think splitting the brands helps. And I know some people are clamoring for one world champion, but to me, with their schedule, not not even now, but with their schedule going to be what it used to be. Now, if they keep their schedule as they're only wrestling on Mondays and Fridays and occasional house shows, then you can go back down to one champ world champion. I still think you need to keep two middleweight belts, my opinion. But when you see the early incarnation of the draft because there used to be one champion and three people held that distinction. I think three or four. Let's see. So when the split started, it was Triple H who was world champion. He lost it to Hogan. Hogan lost it to Undertaker. Undertaker lost it in a triple threat to Rock and then Brock. So there's five people and I don't really want to count Brock because right as that happened, they were, they, they really like that's when they handed Triple H the World Heavyweight Championship. So let's take Brock out. So four people who who were traveling champions. But even then, you have to count take The Rock out because The Rock won the world title as a transitional champion for one month to lose it to Brock Lesnar. So yeah, I'm only counting three. And Undertaker did travel from brand to brand 
defending the title. Hogan didn't do that. Triple H, he didn't have the belt long enough to do that. So it was like two one month. It was like Triple H had for one month, lost it to Hogan. Hogan had for one month, lost it to Undertaker. Undertaker had for like two months, then he lost it. But I mean, during that entire time, if you look at the booking of the world champion, and and do your history, it was two thousand two. If you look at how they booked the world champion, mainly the Undertaker, because he's the only one that really traveled, they didn't book him very well. To me, the feud he had with Jeff Hardy, that mini feud he had that pretty much made Jeff a star, that was amazing. But at the end of the day, I don't trust them. I don't trust Vince that he can do booking of a one, of one world champion now, and he couldn't do it in 2002. You're talking about 18 years later. And, we've, and, everyone, and everyone is complaining about the booking. So imagine how worse it will be now. I just don't agree with there being world, one, one world champion. This isn't the 1970s, 1980s, 1960s. Deal with it. That's just not... I just don't... I don't think it's a smart idea. And plus, having two world titles, you can give people like a Big E, uh, like a Sami Zayn, like just those type of people. Jinder Mahal never gets a title shot. After that. And once again, he may not have ever deserved it. But if we look at the history of the WWE Championship or any world title in wrestling, there were some chances taken at times. Putting the belt on the Texas Tornado was a risk. That's why he lost it in 18 days. He only won it because his brother passed away. Let's be honest. But putting the, his brother was going to be the one to win the world title. But they put it on him, but they knew he was a risk, so they took it off of him. The only reason they took it off of Bob Backlund and put on the Iron Sheik is because Bob Backlund didn't want to drop it to Hogan. So the, probably the most important transitional champion of all time, the Iron Sheik, then lost it, like what, two weeks later to Hulk Hogan? There's been times, we, we, we have to pre- quit pretending. We have to quit pretending like it's just, it's this rich heritage that never took a chance. Even though this is a predetermined thing, they still take chances. Let's be honest, Buster Douglas had 42 to 1 odds, and he defeated the big bag Mike Tyson. Do you think they wanted Buster Douglas as their world heavyweight champion? No, sometimes things happen. You know, they didn't, I don't think Vince wanted Jinder Mahal as a WWE champion, but he said, you know what, we're trying to get into India, let's see if we can make this Canadian, who looks Indian, who has part Indian in him, I guess, the WWE champion see if rates will go, numbers will go up. By the way, they ran a, a small house show because tickets weren't selling that well for that, just so you know. Um, to me, we have to stop pretending like one champion will make the difference. And when we get it and then we don't get mad, because people are already mad, like, oh, someone lost, they're buried. They're completely buried. It's like, dude, like, you're not buried. It's just one of those situations where there's only so many top spots to go around. This helps. Right now, to me, with Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns doing their best work of their career, you're telling me you you can't tell you can't see the difference between both those guys being top champions. This isn't the Attitude Era. You got, we gotta get past all this stuff. And also, even then, with the Attitude Era, the thing you guys complained about the most with the Attitude Era was hot potato with the WWE Championships. We're getting less and less of that. I saw some people get mad when Leon Ruff won. They said, well, did did he have to? Or when, Matt, or when or McIntyre beat Orton, did he have to lose it? To me, it didn't make sense either. I completely understand. It didn't make sense either in the McIntyre situation. The Leon Ruff thing, I kind of understood because it was really really furthering the storyline between Gargano and uh, Damian Priest. But McIntyre kind of got But even then, 
we have to be we have to be honest. Look at the Rocks' longest championship reigns. They weren't very long. I think the, the I think the belt he had the longest reign with was the Intercontinental Title his second time around. I think he beat who did he beat for it? I'm trying to think about who he beat for it. I don't remember, but I remember he had matches with Ken Shamrock, and he ended up losing at SummerSlam. So I think he's like a, I think he had like an eight nine month reign with the Intercontinental Title. I don't remember who he beat for it, but the longest reigns. Most times, people don't have long reigns with the title. No So for us to see a six-month title reign with Drew McIntyre, six-month title reign with Kofi Kingston, year-long title reign with AJ Styles, dude, we're seeing some of the longest runs in history of this business. So I don't know. I don't know why we're still getting. Well, I know why people just complain and complain. But to me, the draft doesn't work. There's certain aspects of the draft that do work. To me, having different champions works. But as far as us going through this whole thing of, we need. Undertaker at Beyond Raw. Oh, it's so shocking. Ooh. No, it's not. That doesn't work. And it doesn't and out and I don't think talking to people this year, I don't think anyone actually cared about the draft. Because we all know it's a farce. So, anyways, that is what we're down to number five. I'm all over the place here. Because like I said, some of these things are more serious than others. I'm gonna go into much more detail. Um cinematic matches. This is gonna be on both lists. Just spoiler alert, just so you know, you're going to hear it next week as well. They were used too much. Bottom line, they were used too much. And by the time we got to the C, uh, EC3 Moose one, I just didn't care. Um, and I just, yeah. And that's kind of WWE's fault. Not kind of, it is WWE's fault. Just because I think they got rave reviews for the Boneyard match. And they just said, let's go fucking crazy with it. And they sure did, and I did not, uh, I didn't, yeah, I just don't, yeah, it wasn't good, you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, this is going to be on both lists, just so you know, but I'm going to do my praising of it there, but I think this went too far. Anyways, the number four I wrote down was WWE, they can't get Hell in a Cell right. Like, to me, having three Hell in a Cell matches was completely not worth it. Uh, the Reigns J match, I praised it, and it didn't need Hell in a Cell. Um, Bailey Sasha needed it. Um, Drew Orton did need it because that was a blood feud. Um, but it, they just can't get it right. Either they get super greedy or they just they just don't get it. Uh, no, nah, I think about it. So, anyways, um, let's move on to number three. The AEW Women's Division. <sighs> I think adding the NWA Women's Talents definitely helped. And I think once they start getting more and more talent from overseas, it's going to really help them. I'm looking forward to that. But they have some work, a lot of work to do. And now that they have the NWA Women's Championship to play around with until the NWA comes back, um, that can help them. And Serena Deep winning, I think, is very important. Um, I would put that belt back on Thunder Rosa's, though, because she's definitely a great ambassador for NWA. And she's still under contract with them until the end of next year. So I believe she's going to get that belt back. So now the last three. The last three are very serious. So we're probably going to go into a little more detail about it, because when these things happen, um, I wasn't recording. Well, two of them happened I wasn't recording yet. Third one I was. So I'm going to start with the third one since we just talked about this maybe a month ago. Um, WWE and third parties. I said this and I'll say it again. 
I know people are so used to WWE coming on top, coming out on top, and I don't think this is going to affect them in the, in the short term. This is very much going to affect them in the long term because if you noticed, and I don't know how many people noticed this, but if you noticed, the people who fight back against WWE and win quite often, the Jesse Venturas, the Roddy Pipers, they all had SAG, uh, they were part of SAG, you know, the Screen Actor Guild, the, the union. Um, even Hogan, I think was, but Hogan was more because he had an ego. I mean, they all had egos, but I mean, they all knew their, they all knew the business and they all knew the the right things they needed for the business. I remember uh, when WWE came out with their video game, it was like 30 years of WrestleMania. And I remember playing it. It was like the last game I really enjoyed of WWE 2K or whatever it was. And I remember Piper wasn't a part of it. And I was like, well, it's 30 years of wrestling. That makes no sense. Well, Piper did an interview. And they're like, dude. And, and someone asked him, said, you're not part of the video game. I was playing it. And I noticed after I beat it, there was no Hogan, Piper, WrestleMania 1, you know, match. Or the, the, the war to sell the score, whatever, right? You know? He's like, wait, you can't be 30 years of WrestleMania without Roddy Piper. He was like, do you mind do you mind me asking what happened? Piper said in the interview, and I don't remember this was because I read this years ago. This is before he passed. He said, yeah, they wanted me to sign a contract, a Legends contract, which I was more than willing to do. But in the Legends contract, I said I couldn't use my name for anything else. Well, his son Colton is an MMA fighter, and he goes by the last name of Piper. And since Piper owns his name... Yeah, he was like, my name is very important because I use it for, for my son's stuff. And if anyone knows Piper, he knows he's about his family. He's just, he just is. And so they wouldn't relent on that. And now here's the funny thing. That's, this is we're talking about the third party thing, right? The reason why people, a lot of times, and this is why you need to listen to people sometimes. Just listen to what they, don't talk. Don't talk, just listen. When Bruce Pritchard first got rehired with WWE, he said he has, it's on his show, I don't remember which one, you go look it up, fuck faces. But in his show, I remember listening to it, because everyone thought the show was going to end. And he said, no, when I went in and Vince asked me for a job, Vince offered me a job, I said, cool, I want to keep my podcast. And he said the only restriction Vince put on him was, you can't talk about anything current. That's fair. So it was one of those things where he put it in his contract that he can keep his podcast and he gets nothing and WWE gets nothing from the podcast. So that's why he still has it, you know. So he put that in his contract, you know. And and I think he said something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing here. But he said something to the effect of he knew he wouldn't be rehired if it wasn't for Conrad and the fans. Which is very true. Conrad put him back on the map. And then it's just because the, the earlier shows were so long and so informative and you got to see the personality of Bruce Pritchard. It made it just made him a star, you know, as his, his own star, you know. That might be to his detriment, uh, you know, after a while. But um, but this in the short term, it's fine. And he may start putting in their contracts that if you have a Twitch or a cameo or whatever, you're going to pay, right? But I'm telling you right now, that can backfire, especially if people come in to the WWE and they have their own Twitch, but they're using their own real name. Like that's like I'm pretty sure they're getting a piece of up up down down. But Xavier Woods was always used his real name. Even if you look at it, he has his real name, Austin Creed. It, it's not his real name, but I mean he is he has a name that's not Xavier Woods. He's never used Xavier Woods. You know, so some people come in and they don't use their 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 WWE name 
I, I'm wondering how that's going to be handled. So I still maintain this won't hurt them now, but in the long run, it's going to hurt them. <sighs> These last two are very tough. Let's go to hashtag speaking out movement. Boy, oh boy, was this a, an ugly stain on the year of 2020 in wrestling. And we're talking about a year filled with pandemics, a year filled with uh, black people being killed on camera by policemen, which started riots, which starts uh, marching. Um, but this was ugly too. Very ugly. Um, for those of you who don't know about this hashtag speaking out movement, brief summary summarization of it is a lot of women and men spoke out more women than men obviously um not obviously but spoke out against just some of the things they felt happened to them or did happen to them allegedly uh, joey ryan was uh he's he's pretty much dead I, I can't imagine him having a career after this even though he has filed suit against several people defamation lawsuits uh david lagana you know the former president of the NWA. He did all their editing and stuff. Um, there was a lot of people named in this. Austin Theory was named in it. Um, there was a lot of people named in it. Uh, Dr Velveteen Dream. Um, this was women standing up for each other. This was um, people standing up for each other. And... Um, even though it's slowed down in the news cycle, it's not gonna. It, it's it's because it's gonna get ramped up next year when states are reopening, and uh, and courthouses are open, and uh, we start seeing these people in trial. Matt Riddle's going through it currently right now. Um, this is very very uh, touchy and because it's still ongoing i don't want to get too much into it but this was a stain of this year and i think what was tough for me is um and i'm not going to name people but there are some people that i know that i've worked with that um were named and uh yeah and i've never saw anything like that when i worked with those people um, but I don't know what people do when they go home, you know, so, it, it, but it was definitely a stain on the wrestling business. And, oh boy, it was the entire wrestling business. Every company had someone implicated in this. And like I said, things might have slowed down only because courthouses are not open right now. The same way some DMVs are not open. That's why, like, here in Colorado, people are driving around with these tags these uh, new car tags, and like they have them back in March, but we don't have shit open, so it's like, all right, well, whenever they open, we'll open. They, they're not getting tickets for it because everyone knows things are closed. Um, so this is ugly, but uh, <sighs> let's move on. And the last thing I have down is the darkest day, in my opinion, in WWE history, Black Wednesday. I will not repeat everybody who got laid off. It was so many people. To me, some people, I think it was a blessing, like Miro. To some people, it was a shock. It was like, what the hell? You know, I just signed a new contract. The Good Brothers. You know, and, and, and when you hear their story, you hear how they completely effed over AEW. Now, as we as I record this, they're the current Impact World Tag Team Champions, so they're not doing too bad. 
But boy, oh boy, this was ugly. People like Mike Chioda, uh, Tony Chimmel, people who were with the company for 30 plus years were released. And it's crazy because this company is making more money now than they've ever made. But because they were hoarding so much talent, they were just hoarding. I've lived with a hoarder before. It's not fun. But they were hoarding so much effing talent that they had to let some talent go. They just had to let so much talent go. This, to me, was the darkest day in WWE history just because some of those people didn't want to get released. Some of these people didn't see it coming. And um, it just, it's just goes to show you it's always about the bottom line, which we I think we already know as fans. But I think once I think that I remember that Wednesday, I was on my phone, and it felt like every thirty minutes, and and, let's say every twenty minutes, I'm getting an alert. I believe it was over sixty people who were released. But it felt like every twenty minutes, twenty or thirty minutes, I was getting a dude. What the hell? Like I said, some people like Miro, it was a blessing in disguise. Now disguise was a blessing, but other people. Mm, not so much. You know, some people stay with the company because they like they like uh stability. They like they like getting those checks. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't know. That's unfortunate. But anyways, that is this week's show. Those were the ten worst things that happened in 2020, in my opinion. Some of those things I didn't go into as much, as much detail because, like I said, if you want to see who all got released on Black Wednesday, you can definitely do it. Just Google it. Um, the hashtag Speaking Out Movement. There's nothing to say about that because it's that's far from over. There are lawsuits that are going to, to that are still going back and forth. So, anyways, that is the show for this Wednesday. Um, I will get to you next week with the top 10 best of 2020. I will enjoy that list a lot better than I'll enjoy this one. Trust me. <laughs>